Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. This is the prophet candle. Prophet candle is, uh, points us toward hope. And today we learn about two women that kind of pointed us toward hope. We're doing a sermon series through Advent called Arrive. And there's lots of stories in the Advent season about people arriving and getting, and of course, we point to the arrival of the Messiah. And so this morning's reading is from the Gospel of Luke. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Uh, so, as I was reading this this week, I was struck by the words, and they're not words that we use very often, but word the words, with haste, with haste. When's the last time you did something with haste? I imagine it's excitement, it's uh, you're, you're, you're craving to meet someone or do something, and so you do it with haste. So I want to ask you this question, and I'll close with the same question. Who is it in your life that you've run to with haste? Maybe something's happened in your life. You got a, a, a new position or, or a birth in your family or, or some exciting news. And when did you, who did you go and seek out with haste? As I was thinking about this for myself, I was thinking it was about five years ago when uh, I, would, I was asked to step up as lead pastor, and I was super excited, and I was like, yes, and then all of a sudden I had this thought, crap. <laughs> and so I decided, you know what I need to do? I, I need to seek out someone who can walk with me through some of this transition. And so I got on an airplane, and I went and I visited this guy. Some of you know him. He is Pastor Jeff Marion of Prince of Peace, Burnsville, Minnesota. He's retired now, but he is the pastor who we did many of our trips with. And so you got to know him and some of his congregation. But he's somebody that's uh, at a little bit larger church than we are. He has many years of experience, and he's also one of my best friends. And so I went with haste to meet him, and, and we spent time, I spent time shadowing him and learning, and then, and then we had to continue the learning on his boat on his lake while we drank beverages. <laughs> it's very important work, but I went with haste to learn from him and come back with the sense of, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. There's somebody who can walk this journey with me. Now, it was easy for me to go and visit Jeff because all I had to do was get on an airplane, he picked me up in his car, and then we went to his home. Mary goes 
with haste, finding out that she is pregnant with the Messiah as a virgin, she makes this determination to go visit Elizabeth. Now we skip over the magnitude of this journey. It's easy to just read the words and say, oh, like Elizabeth was in the next town, or it was almost like they messaged each other on Facebook and got together some easy way. But this is a hundred mile journey from Nazareth to Judea. A hundred miles on terrain like this. And the town to which she went in the Judean country, 2,500 feet above sea level. So this is a woman making a 100-mile journey, very early in her pregnancy, going to visit her cousin 100 miles uphill. And to make matters worse, the trail was considered super dangerous. Bandits all over the place. So you wouldn't, she wouldn't have traveled without a caravan. And some scholars think that it might be possible that Joseph went with her, but then had to return because he had a business to run. And she was staying for three months. So she makes this journey. And all that to say, it might have been, in her mind, easy to blow this off. When she heard this message that she was pregnant, and then also heard that her cousin was pregnant, she could have just said, eh, so what? <laughs> Why do I need to go visit Elizabeth? I mean, maybe I heard this wrong. I mean, after all, my cousin, she's old. <laughs> she's old enough to be my mom, if not my grandma. What do I need to travel? I mean, at this point, Mary might have been, a, some scholars say, as young as 12. <laughs> Why does she need to go visit her cousin? I think the answer is the same as what it was for me. To find out she's not alone. <laughs> to find out she's not alone. It's kind of the core message of this entire season. Finding out we're not alone. So she, as I just mentioned, young teenager, too young to probably be with child, and too not yet married. She's engaged, but not yet married in a small town. Do the math about the gossip and the scrutiny she's going to face. So she travels to visit with the one that's too old, <laughs> the one that's never been able to conceive and probably lived with all of what comes with that in a world where your worth is determined by your birth. And so the too young visits the too old and they find out with one another that they're not alone. It's like God gave this gift and sometimes it's so easy for us to overlook the gifts that God gives us of people in our lives. God gave her the gift of another one who's going through a similar situation in just a totally different way. So God gives this gift of these two to come together and to be with one another in their own unique situations and yet in their commonness as well. It kind of reminds me of Rudolph and the dentist. Remember when the dentist says, hey, why don't we be independent together on the island of misfits? <laughs> So picture that scene, though. I love the drama that comes with the scene when Mary finally, after this long hundred-mile journey, who knows how long it would have taken her, she finally arrives 
carrying the Messiah and greets Elizabeth who's carrying the messenger. And the messenger does the hokey pokey and turns himself around and jumps with joy. And Elizabeth is the first one in all of recorded history to be able to say, Jesus is my Lord. <laughs> Coming together in a moment of excitement, discovering not alone. And for three months, I love to picture what they did with one another. These two women united in one common ultimate story, spending time reclined, embracing one another, eating amazing food with one another, sharing stories, laughter, maybe some tears, but most importantly, preparing for what's to come. And it's not all going to be easy. It's going to be difficult, but they're not alone. <laughs> it seems so important. It's like the whole message of this season is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And if God is with us, it means God is for us. It means we belong to God and therefore we belong to each other. And it's so easy sometimes to forget that. The season should remind us of that. We belong to each other. I see it all the time. I'm fortunate as a pastor here to, to spend time in the hallways and I see you come and go to different groups and things that you're involved with. And right away, what comes to my mind is the grief care group. It's had several different uh, uh, arrangements of who's come together and when and where. But when they come together, I always see a different spirit of the person coming in than the, than the person leaving after the meeting. There's something that happens when you come together in a meeting and you hear, you are not alone. I see it in anonymous groups that meet here. I see it in Bible studies. There's a Tuesday Bible study that some of you attend and you come in and when you leave, it, you leave with a little bit different spirit than you came in because you reminded yourself you're not alone. We're on this journey together. I know when I went through divorce years ago, so many of you sent me cards. Some of the cards said, me too. Some of them said, you're not alone. You're not alone. I want to close with this poem. I read it the last service too, and I mentioned that it's written by a guy named Malcolm Gite from London, England. And I was asked if I could read it with a British accent. But I won't, <laughs> because that would be distracting. But he writes this beautiful, it's called a sonnet, actually, of the visitation. Two women on the very edge of things, unnoticed and unknown to men of power. But in their flesh, the hidden spirit sings, and in their lives, the buds of blessing flower. And Mary stands with all we call too young, Elizabeth, with all called past their prime. They sing today for all the great unsung, women who turned eternity to time, favored of heaven, outcast on the earth, prophets who bring the best in us to birth. <laughs>